Um, yes, just want to start off by saying that I hope everyone um, is doing well and is keeping well and your families and um, businesses and friends and everyone are all doing well and safe. Um, and just wanted to kick off this session all about social media during the impact of COVID-19. And I think it kind of will go beyond that because it's something that will allow us, this time will allow us to have a pause and understand how we could potentially better utilize it and what we could be doing in this current situation. So there's going to be three key areas which I wanted to cover uh, um, in the session, um, which will cover all the elements that we discussed and highlighted in, in the talk. So it, one is going to be obviously the role of social media at this time, which I think everyone will have an opinion on or have seen a lot of communication about um, online and it's changing rapidly. So that'd be quite an interesting aspect to, to build upon and see. And also we're going to try and reflect on past scenarios, which um, probably cannot um, see the magnitude of, of the situation as, as we're in right now. Um, and I'm going to try not to use the word unprecedented in this, uh, in this presentation, um, um, just because of its overuse. And um, I was trying to contextualize things. And as part of that, I think we're going to compare some parts to um, advertising and ad spend in previous recessions, which obviously is as close as we can try and replicate and understand in terms of using base data. So that'd be one element. And also looking at how do you actually engage with your community, your customers um, and people that you influence um, socially? Because at the moment, that is the biggest, most prevalent area which we are we are engaging on. Um, with the likes and rise of house party and um, Zoom calls, which have um, which every age member of the family is now uh, engaged on, um, and also something slightly different. But looking at internal communications, especially in this sort of scenario, and in the post-war scenario, so I've got one solution which I've got um, sort of experience of and wanted to really delve into that with you. Um, so I hope that will add some value and I look forward to your questions at this time. So moving on, I wanted to just put obviously the situation into, into context. We've obviously safety is paramount, although we are all concerned about our businesses, our roles, our our current situation for the for the country for our family our friends um most importantly um it's it's really it's really key in terms of all of our plans that we probably had in place for this year um has completely gone out the window um it's all been ripped up especially in the sense of social media and marketing um those key campaigns and communications plans that you had in place are probably all completely unnecessary there's going to be campaigns which which we've seen from certain brands which they've had to just completely pause so there's been interesting cases with the likes of um kfc which had a series of adverts that they put out on social media which have all been paused purely because they promoted um uh social cohesion rather than social social isolation and that was a really um clever move by the brand to to, to think about what they're doing they probably spent a lot of lot of money with creative with development and now they're thinking on how do they actually evolve their thoughts or or, or brand work in that safe and also what are people actually wanting as end consumers and people 
we're all in this vulnerable state together um, where it's more on the focus of us as individuals, our wellness, our mental health. How are we going to all cope with our home situations, either working from home if you can, and also those that are not able to work at home, especially in the in the rail industry, how are we going to actually bridge that gap and be able, you know, be able to understand how we're going to make people feel like a cohesive team when we are all isolated and boxed into our homes, if that's what if that's the case, or you actually have to go out onto some of the rail networks or sites and actually work to keep things running. Um, so there's lots of different contexts there. But there's been some interesting research done by Kantar in terms of um, how people are reacting to um, brands and what brands are going to be doing in this current time. And it's quite interesting, kind of goes against what I'm trying to say, but I feel, um, the, 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 and there's some reasoning why I'll, I'll, I'll explain that in, in a short in a short while. But we've obviously got um, brands which are actually pausing all advertising spend for for Q2, and digital spend is dropping by 38%. Um, and spend on traditional channels is going down has has dropped to 40 um, dropped down to 43% in March and April. So there's been a massive drop in terms of what marketeers should be doing and what they should be thinking about. Um, and even an, another recent survey, I think 2,200 marketeers from Marketing Week were um, surveyed to reveal that majority of brands are delaying all their spending decisions, which you completely get. And every every company at the moment is handling this in a, in a different way. And they've got to look after their employee base and make sure they can retain who they're who they're working with retain make sure the business actually survives um through this period and the hunkers down and make sure they actually they exist it's not about just building brand but there are different schools of thought on that and the other aspect is how do we actually build our brands in in such times so there's some great research um and context that we've done from previous recessions um the 2008 recession and some data from the us that we've got there which explains um, and shows where brands have actually grown um, dramatically and use that time to actually strategize and plan for the next few months ahead or as we as we don't know at the moment it could be months weeks um, even the government doesn't know in the UK so we're trying to balance out something that's I won't use that word too much but unprecedented so we're trying to actually utilize as much data as possible in that context so in that space, I just wanted to um, take you through some elements in terms of the role of social media and what does it actually play. So I think there's some key words that I've, I've put onto the screen purely because I think um, to try and try and build upon um, the importance and things that we need to be. And I think this doesn't just stand for times in the era of sort of COVID, but I think we should be practicing this um, with social and digital um, and embracing it more um, because one thing there's a phrase that I'd like to use quite a lot which is um, we're generally unsocial on social and I think that's completely changed in the current scenario when we're now becoming um, more open to sharing more open to being not just posting um, beautiful pictures or the, the the edited photos there there are zoom calls and skype calls I'm having with people and I'm um, you know Either I haven't I haven't um, combed my beard as, as as much as I would have. I'm becoming um, more 
open to just sharing myself in my in in, in the state that I am, not <laughs> not trying to be perfect in every scenario. And I think that's something that we have to get comfortable with in a digital world, because the answers, the solutions, the the options in social media are constantly changing, and the way we actually communicate is constantly evolving. Um, and some interesting data we'll go into in, in a moment around that. So I think the bit around adaptability on social media um, and adaptability around your marketing plans is completely key at the moment. And I'll just put the words be agile around that. Um, another buzzword, but I think it's key. You have to be able to make small changes and experiment. Experimenting is super, super important on digital. No one has the full, um, full, full answer, full scope of what's happening. So it's trying to make sure that you can always evolve what you're doing. And at the moment, I think key is something around empathy. What is what is on your audience's mind? What are you trying to, to, to deliver? Beyond government messaging, which is great, so, but I would classify that as a hygiene factor because no one's gonna, no one has, marketers are not supposed to be, um, and brands are not, not there to, to, you know, to give medical advice unless you're a medical brand or, or related to this, uh, to, to, you know, providing a cure in some way. Um, but being empathetic towards that and being free to actually show your vulnerability. There's, a, there's an option for the brand to not just completely um, be hygienic and clean with their comms. There is some there we can show your human side. There's some great elements I've seen with some of the posts, which I, I would use more. Um, there are some rail brands which have created um, books like in the UK, Thomas the Tank Engine for children. But that was a campaign which I saw tweets and content from from um, December, but that could be so easily repurposed. There are lots of areas where they could they could engage with their audiences, um, with people who ha have children, um, which n number do, or um, and that's a big challenge at the moment because children are now at home. You're homeschooling. You're you've got you've got different contexts. You've also got workers that are in different scenarios, and also trying to be able to make a personal connection. So personalizing content. Um, or giving some form of personal element into this, um, great in terms of like the sort of CSR perspective. But how are you how are you helping the community? How are we building relationships outside of our usual business needs? Because um, as the fourth point says, which I'm sure no one is doing, but there's no, um, it's not a time to capitalize on the moment from from a financial perspective. What are we truly doing? What's our brand actual voice actually presenting to to our potential audiences or who we want to speak to. Um, capitalization on this, I think, is um, is good if you are using it to, to empathize with your audience and you are building relationships and you are sharing what you're doing in terms of great work or gratitude to um, NHS workers or medical workers across the globe or in different parts of the, uh, of the world, um, and also other ways that you're going to engage with them. So just moving on from there, there's been some interesting bits. So although earlier I said there's this bit where brands, we've noticed that marketeers are completely reducing spend on digital and marketing initiatives and what they're doing. It's not, it's, they're not actually replacing it with anything else. 
and a really interesting quote which I've taken from an article and I've got all the links to um, the article so the Kantar research studies um, the, the IPA article etc at the end so I can share that with with everyone um, via Katrina if that's if that's okay um, I'm happy to do so and but it's really interesting saying a brand um, judged to be on its way down because of um, on the way down because it's fall because it's fallen silent will very rapidly see this manifested in the world in in word of mouth which will accelerate the perception of failure so by hunkering down and and not posting anything and not sharing and not communicating you could potentially become non-existent um, I don't see that completely being the case but it's a sobering thought to think that this could really, really easily happen. And there's there's also the interesting element in terms of what happens in terms of there's a massive shift that has generally taken place in previous recessions. Um, so the example from recession in 2008, um, there was some really, really interesting stats in terms of the advertising spend market which saw a massive decline in terms of uh, newspaper research, research uh, advertising by 13%, ad spend on radio dropped, um, and the spend on magazine spend dropped as well, and outdoor, and TV spend, and digital. So many traditional mediums, um, channels did not actually recover from that shift to digital um, and accelerated the sort of financial crisis. Um, that begs the question to me in terms of, are we going to see a bigger shift in terms of where we're sitting, or where different industries sit as well, in terms of the utilization of these channels and how they're actually engaging with their customers? Because you've got to see, although we're in a fight, we don't know how long this period will be. We're in a really, um, in a pressure cooker environment where people are now adapting to technology like House Party, like sharing apps, like Facebook groups and communities, which they're engaging off the charts on. And I know it's a very pressurized environment, but people are getting um, you know, stuck in these situations for a number of weeks. So we are actually creating habits which will be quite hard to draw away from um, because before the, even the period of, of, of COVID or being, being isolated, as most of us are in different parts of the world, we're also seeing a real um, drive toward, uh, we're, we're already using social media apps um, prevalently, um, whether it was Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever age generation you are, LinkedIn, um, or the newer channels like, uh, which actually isn't new, House Party has been around for the last four or five years. Uh, yeah, and no one's no one's actually utilized, um, utilized it as much until recently. And then how do we actually um, engage with our communities in this space? So what we've actually noticed in terms of um, engaging with communities, there's been a massive drop in terms of how we actually engage with brands um, on social media. Org organic reach in terms of us being able to reach our consumers, even reach them, is dropping rapidly. And this data is only till 2016, as you'll see on the chart, and it's for Facebook or a Facebook page. And we're seeing that completely being slashed down. Um, and this is actually, quite prevalent across a, a, a number of different social channels. Um, so, and I think this be, it shows a shift in terms of mentality of how people are engaging. People generally think, oh, it's because, um, oh, parents and, and 
um, people of a, a certain age generation are now on Facebook. It's mums and dads on there, not the kids. But I don't think that's to blame um, or that's the culture and that's the, that's the reason why. But there's this massive shift in terms of how we want to actually preserve our privacy online and people are becoming a lot more kin to understanding how that actually works so i think it's driven a fundamental change in terms of how the way we communicate already and i think this is actually pressure cooked and exposed brands in terms of how they approach um sharing or or, or communicating with individuals and i think what i wanted to share with you next was top channels I feel you should really consider or think about or mediums of ways of communicating. And it doesn't mean you adopt these and, and forget about what you're doing. This is an opportunity to experiment. And I keep mentioning the word experiment because social, there is no one that can give you the right answer. You will understand your brand and your consumers better than anyone else. And for you to actually be able to engage with them and think truly what's the right way to conduct um, a conversation with them, um, you can really influence that. And it's also about trialing things because there are people that we considered as gurus, experts. Um, me talking right now doesn't mean that I'm giving you the right answers. There, are the, this, the whole point of it, and being truly honest, is it's there to be able to um, experiment with and play with. And if you don't do that in the world of social, you will never be able to progress. You'll never find that right solution because the stats in terms of um, currently, as, especially at the moment, there is no best time to post. Any time is a good time because people are, on, are exponentially on social going wild at all times. There, we've seen posts uh, um, and live streams, et cetera, getting sort of 10 times the reach that they normally would. Um, there are a few little hacks and tricks that we can utilize. Um, and just keeping an eye on time, I just wanted to go through these um, seven little posts here. There's eight. I've got one hidden one, which I found out through um, uh, uh, an online post, which I think is quite interesting to consider and for all of you to explore. So number one is podcasts. I think podcasts are a huge, huge opportunity, especially for the transport industry. Um, if you look at the likes of, and slightly tangible example, but um, Transport for London produced the Metro. A really crazy move, I think, for, a, for if you think for for a, a, a business to create its own newspaper and publication to engage with an audience, and it engages well because you're actually got you've got commuters and people travelling on your trains on a regular basis. Some people are probably spending more time on your on your transport service than they do potentially with their family. <laughs> so, what are you doing to engage with them, utilise them, speak to them at depth, and the, there's only two real true channels where you can actually engage in depth. I feel there's super, super depth. That's YouTube and Facebook, uh, YouTube and podcasts. That's where you're getting longer term conversations with them, where it's not just a superficial hi, hello, bye. You're actually engaging with people up to 30 minutes minimum. Because with a podcast, you've got roughly about 30 minutes in terms of a good podcast or longer if they're engaging and good. But that could be some interesting topics in terms of how you're actually talking to people. There are some really, really interesting podcasts and people, and you could already delve deeper into your audience and find out more of what interests them. But it could be an interesting way to, to engage with them. And then you get to the likes of um, Facebook groups, which I've got on there, which I think is a really, really another intimate way of um communicating and 
that's definitely prevalent in this age of messaging, which is taking over. Um, it's a great way to make it personal. And someone, um, and Mark Zuckerberg, someone, Mark Zuckerberg last year made an amazing announcement in terms of what whatever your thoughts on him are or his platform are in terms of, you know, how they use our data ethically or not. Their premise was to make, um, he said, I want to make um, communication more personal. I want you um I want you to share and talk with your with your friends on there more and more and make personal connections and delve deeper into that space. And it's interesting how they've evolved since saying that last year. What you will notice is you'll see that your friends' comments um, and content is actually shown more to you than other content that's previously been posted on there. And some of it might be annoying because it might be not be the right type of content you want to see. Um, but also you're actually being um, driven to engage more in those spaces. So it's a great way to actually communicate and speak. And I'm not talking mass groups. You could have great community groups that you can build on there. And also the likes of Instagram. So um, making sure you don't treat all the channels in the same way. Um, you can actually delve deeper into that space. So what we've noticed with um, Instagram is longer captions and longer communications actually drive better engagement on that platform um, and also allow you to um, engage in a better way. Also, how are you actually communicating with um, people on the platform? Are you responding to every single comment or post on there? Because what that does is tells the algorithm that you're actually um, acknowledging and you're having a conversation and it allows you to be seen more in other people's posts. So those individuals that are engaging with you, give them the time of day, give them the option to communicate. Whether it's positive or negative, you should be de developing that conversation with them. And that is super, super key and having an authentic voice because people are tired of the the corporate direct language, which at the moment is changing and is being pressurized to change, um, which is really interesting. And also, if you're not going to be able to consistently post on that platform, it's probably better not to be on it. Um, and what I mean by consistency is driving engagement um, in terms of the number of posts you're posting. It is a volume game on Instagram. You need to be seen. You need to be posting. Um, so a post every day, every day is great. But if you look at the biggest accounts in the world, the ones that are actually driving true engagement and driving driving conversation, they're posting up to 16 times a day. That's a commitment. And it's not saying that you have to post 16 times a day, but you've got to put two and two together in terms of the drive that they're actually creating through that space is super, super important. And always, always ask a question on these posts. Drive engagement. Because what tends to happen is you'll get three three times the amount of engagement you'll you'll want to get if you didn't ask a question. So asking the question, asking, driving something that could be relevant to that audience, and also thinking about the audience outside of your group. Who are you influencing the future? How are you going to be getting more people to come on to the transport platform, even though it exists, which is a super key one there. And just whizzing through some of the others there, I'll just I'll just mention um, two others. One one is um, LinkedIn. You've got a lot of communities in the sort of um, in the working category that use it as a transport platform because they have to. Yes, that's great. But at the moment, LinkedIn is in its golden era. It's like the Facebook of 2014. Organic reach on that channel is through the roof. You can you can capitalize on that at the moment. It is ridiculous. You can um, get super creative with your content on there, 
and it's currently content agnostic. And what I mean by that is you can actually post anything. <laughs> as long as it's vaguely interesting, you can get super engagement on your content. So whether it's a, a really interesting video, uh, a simple um, a simple still image, um, an engagement piece, you can really, really drive content well. But one thing that's interesting on there is not brands are not driving that. It's the individual. So if you have employees or people on you, in your platform, um, people in your in your company that can really tell a story or bring something out, bring an authentic voice, that would be really interesting. So I'm talking about the likes of I don't know conductors on the on the on the trains, interesting employees like TFL in the UK. This is an offline aspect, but an interesting angle where they some of their some of their um, safety and um, workers on the actual platforms provide some form of entertainment or lighthearted entertainment um, by engaging the, the, the customers, um, all of us on the platform. So that's a really interesting angle. Why would you not potentially utilize those on social? They probably do, you probably see that conductor or someone on the train more often than I see probably see my daughter because I'm dropping off at school and I probably see that person every single day for a longer period of time than I probably spend with my daughter, which I see in the morning and the evening because I'm at work. So how do you utilize and, and leverage that? And also an unexpected one for someone that is in love with digital um, and a slightly older form of digital, I guess, is email marketing. It's taken a massive increase and the likes of WhatsApp. Um, and my secret one that I wanted to push out to you, it's an, it's an app which um, isn't publicly available. And I think it's gonna be due in uh, quarter two of this, of this year. And it's called Community. And it's a texting platform, which has also grown and come back into fashion, which is completely unexpected. But I think it's a really interesting angle of how that could potentially could be utilized. Um, and I'll delve into more of that later, but I wanted to um, move on slightly. I'm definitely take questions at the end if there's time. Um, how do you connect with your employees, I mentioned? We've got all these external social channels. How are we communicating with employees? I've noticed I've seen certain bits with the rail industry when I was looking through that, you know, obviously the HQ staff that might be working in office potentially are working at home. But how do you how do you help those individuals that are completely disconnected and have to work on the rails or working outside in different environments and cannot work from home? What's the communication strategy for them? How are you communicating with them? What's the regularity of your CEO or senior stakeholders in the business communicating with their audiences or talking to their staff to make them feel at ease? Because they are the best ones to really make that happen. So some really interesting platforms um, that I, I think could work beyond um, traditional methods and it's using technology that hopefully most people consumers um, are used to so I'm just gonna flick to that slide workplace by Facebook and although this is a digital platform it's just to give you an idea so you if you're not familiar with this it's actually a Facebook owned product that allows you to um, have an internal chat with your consumer lists. So what we wanted to, what this will actually provide is a familiar platform that people can utilize. It's safe, it's internal, it's not linked to your personal Facebook account, it's separate, and it allows you to communicate on a really, really open and quick basis with all of your employees. Um, and you can have different communities and groups in here. 
So it's a really interesting way to communicate and talk. And I've had personal experience and was really um, apprehensive about this being utilized in an organization um, where there were around 30,000 plus employees and we were driving engagement and I was seeing engagement on some interesting groups. And it didn't start off with um, the groups that were all about business. It helped to build a community and drive a two-way communication strategy rather than broadcasting via email, which people may see, may not see, text or whatever other platforms you have. It's something quite interesting and can integrate with a whole host of uh, communications tools. Plus, it's actually quite reasonably priced. So that's why I, I thought I would mention this. Um, rather than looking at traditional methods, it helps to open up the playing field in terms of employees that maybe uh, feel removed from the main central business um, compared to HQ. But how do you bring those communities together and actually have real face-to-face -face interaction? So why not utilize some of the learnings from external social media and bring it internally? Um, so it's a really interesting angle to, to explore. And that brings me very close to the end of the presentation. Um, and happy to take questions or comments. And I've got all the links here as well for you. So I will share those with the references. So it's got all the elements of where I've where I've pulled data from or interesting articles which you've actually seen.